And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Mythbits. Welcome to the World of Mythbits podcast. And I'm your host, Stephanie Barty, and welcome to February! Woo! Anyway, we are that much closer to spring. I can't wait. So, yeah, how's it all going? We just uh, had Bell Let's Talk Day not that long ago, and uh, yeah, so mental health, gotta talk about it. It's not something to be ashamed of, it's not something to be embarrassed by. And I'm seeing a lot of posts on Facebook. People were annoyed that um, the people were sending it in private message. Well, no, Bell will not track the messages sent. They will not donate five cents for every time you forward the message to everybody in private message. But it was making people aware to go watch the video, to share it on Facebook to share it on Twitter, to share it on Snapchat, change your profile picture to the Bell Let's Talk frame and they will donate. That's how they track it. Um, But a lot of people were getting upset and they were missing the point of the message behind the ill-shared private message. Um, I saw somebody very close to me, actually, and I had to bite my tongue and not say anything to them, ranting about it only, you know, mental health is every day, that, you know, why is it only Bell Let's Talk Day is the only day we talk? Well, no, it's not the only day we talk about it. Um, We talk about it every day, but companies like Bell and Sprint and no, these are not sponsors and I'm not throwing their names out there because they are sponsors, but so you get my idea, my gist. They only have so much advertising and charity funding for the year. So they, you know, they have to, okay, so this year we're going to do a campaign for cancer research, do a campaign for heart and stroke funding, do a campaign for mental health awareness. They can't do it every day. So they choose one day and they try and raise as much money as they possibly can. And this year, um, a lot of major celebrities who have battled mental health and who have made it public that they've battled mental health. Jared Padalecki, for one, you may not You may all not know who he is. He plays Sam Winchester on Supernatural, one of my all-time ultimate favorite shows. Um, He's a big supporter of mental health because he's battled and continues to battle mental health himself. He has depression issues and anxiety issues. And he was a big supporter of Bell this year and sharing their message on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever he could. And his wife, Genevieve, she was sharing it as well. Jensen got on board and Misha got on. Pretty much the whole Supernatural family was on board. Um, And they have millions and millions of fans. So by them tweeting about Let's Talk on one day. And that that tweet being retweeted by all of their fans thousands of times, tens of thousands of times, Bell donates five cents for every single time. So you think about that. That's a lot of money. And that's pretty good for one day. And it gets people talking. And if they do it every year, people continue to talk. And then they think, okay, so what's Bell going to do next year? Or maybe I should go and talk to somebody about my issues. And all it takes is one person out there to go, hey, you know what? I think I have a problem. Maybe I should go and get some help. And it works. That's all. All you need to help is one person. 
You don't have to save the world. Just try and help one person. So anyway, that's my rant on Bell. Let's talk day. Um, so how many of you, let's see a show of hands. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't see your hands. Um, and really, I don't want to know where your hands are, honestly. Have you all been over to the world of myth.com? You've got to check it out. www.theworldofmyth.com. Uh, I had a, a writer send me an email the other day. And he wanted to send me a story, but he was a little concerned that it wouldn't fit into our genre because he thought that our genre was mostly science fiction. Now, I just want to dispel a few of those rumors. We have a fantasy section, horror, action, suspense, science fiction, and humor. We did get a historical fiction, um... Because we don't have a historical fiction, a set category for historical fiction, it got put into action and suspense because it is actually a very suspenseful story. The one I'm referring to is Land of the Pharaohs by Mark um, Kodamo. Sorry, Mark, if I've mispronounced your last name. Kodamo. Kodama. Anyway, you've got to read that one. Really good. Um, I will warn you that... There are some triggering words in that story. As I said in my introduction, if you've been to the website and read my introduction. So it's a really good story. I enjoyed it. Um, we've had some newcomers this month. Laura Petroff with Good Hearts Wood. And she contributed. That was a really cool story. And it has kind of a, a lesson learned in there. <laughs> don't trust. Don't trust. Yeah, just don't. I really enjoyed that. Copper Rose, excellent as always with her feeding the queen of the underworld. And she actually ended up being the featured article with that story. And it's a very short story, but it left me at the end of it going, wait a minute, hold on. I have questions. And part two to Melissa Small, her story Heat is in there. And the next installment of my story is there. The journey begins. Um, over in the horror section, we have Satanicus Part 1 by Matt Wall. And yeah, that one, I've read the whole story. And wow, <laughs> you need to tune in in February and check out Part 2. Um, I actually just, I, yeah, I'm having a little tongue issue today. I say a little, I'm a little tongue twisted because I was talking to the myth master earlier today and he's just got such a groovy voice. Anyway, action and suspense. We have Land of the Pharaohs by Mark Kodama. We have, and as, as I've already said, that's an excellent story. We have A Murder in Rabbit Town, which somebody commented on that, that they should make that into a movie. And if somebody did, I would love to see it. Because it, <laughs> I mean, you're reading it and you're going, okay, rabbits. All right. But it sucks you in. And that's by Steve Carr. Um, it was really, really good story. Then we have part 14, Through the Eyes of Madness by David K. Montoya. And things are starting to heat up. So if you've missed... The first 13 parts, you can go over to Contributors, click on his name, and read the first 13 parts, because you kind of need to know what's going on. And whoever, the anonymous person that posted, you suck. Okay, you, you know, I'm not going to bash him for posting. You're free to post your comments, but at least have the balls to post your name. If you're going to criticize somebody's writing, come on. Have the balls to do it under your own name. Yes, Anonymous, I am calling you out. <sighs> and I'm not, I'm not jumping on him for, for expressing his opinion. You are, everybody who comments on the stories is free to express their opinion. If you don't like the story, great, express that. You don't like the story. Say why you don't like the story. What bothered you about the story? Um, but be constructive. Don't just say, you suck. And don't use illiterate teenage language. I love that comment, by the way. That was a comment that was in response to that by, um, oh, um, Bethany Hope. Yeah. She, <laughs> T 
do if you're going to insult somebody, don't do it sounding like an illiterate teenager. <laughs> I like that movie, Snork. And then we do have a science fiction section. The Mystery of the Black Nail, Part 1, by Walter G. Esselman. So you need to come back for February to catch Part 2. And a, a really good... It, 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 yeah, it's a freaky story. It's really good. Really good. Really enjoy. I, I've enjoyed all of them. Um, and don't forget, we have a humor section. Happy Birthday, Larry, by Alan Russo. And... That is another, um, don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. Not me in this case. Poor Larry. Yep. Don't do that, Larry. You need to read Happy Birthday, Larry. It's a lesson learned. Don't do that. Don't always assume. <laughs> it's really good. And we have a poetry section. And our poetry section doesn't have genres. Our poetry section is all poetry. So... The poems can range from something like Romances by Molly E. Hamilton to um, The Corpse de Ballet by Kevin Magnus to Unbelievable by Randolph R. Lofgren. Like, they, they range. And then you get this deep, emotional, heart-wrenching limerick from... Lally, Nap Lally Napier called Fare Thee Well. Um, you have Alone in the Dark Part 2, Transcendence by Jeff R. Young. And Madame Eggletine, The Believer by Mark Kodama. Everything is different. It's different genres. It's different styles. It's different types. It's romance. It's heartbreak. It's um, history. It's ballet put in poetic word um it's a dream mine in a dream i had it's a dream it's everything poetry our poetry section encompasses it all you want to write something gruesome and horror filled and whatever but do it in the form of a poem do it send it in i'll check it out i am the managing editor i am your in Grease my palm. We'll see where we go. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't accept bribes. I don't even get paid. So <laughs> I do this under the kindness of my heart. Actually, I do it because I was a struggling writer. I'm still a struggling writer. I'm a published author. But just because you're published doesn't mean you're instantly famous. It's not like writing a hit song or um, acting in a hit movie. It's not instant fame. You have your first book out. People don't know your name. So it takes a little bit. And a lot of the success comes from word of mouth. One person reads the book and goes, wow, I really enjoyed this. Hey, so-and-so, check this book out. And they may tell them to go buy it or lend them their copy. And the person enjoys the book so much, they buy their own copy. And they tell somebody else. And I kind of got my public start I guess she would say, on the World of Myth magazine. I started as a writer. I submitted my first short story, The Huntress, and a poem. And I submitted it, and then I sat back and I chewed off every single fingernail that I had. Because that's what we do. And I waited. And I waited for that email to come back and say, Congratulations, your story and your poem have been approved and will appear in issue such and such or next month's issue or you know you suck stop writing you hack job <laughs> which is usually as a writer that's what we expect so when I got that email saying yay yeah you're in your story's in oh by the way you're all you've also been chosen as featured article I do believe I fainted I was very short of breath. I know that much. And things are a little fuzzy after reading that first email. And that was the first time I've been writing for. Okay. If I tell you how long I'm, I've been writing for, I'm going to kind of give away how old I am. Um, let's just say well over 30 years I've been writing. And I've shared my stuff 
my short stories, not so much, but my poetry, I have a poetry page dedicated just to my poetry, um, on Facebook. And you can get to that through my fan page, Stephanie Barty author on Facebook. And I would just publish my poetry out there for my friends to see. And, you know, they'd comment and I'd be like, oh, yay, they liked it. Um, so yeah, like not many people other than my friends and acquaintances saw my poetry. So sending this story into the world of myth magazine, I was terrified because I read it to, you know, my family and they're all, Oh, that's good. That's good. I really like that. I really like that. But they're my family. I mean, I know my mom and my aunt would never um, blow smoke up my ass, <laughs> for lack of a better expression, to make me feel better about something. If there was something inherently wrong with the story, if, excuse me, if they didn't like the story, if it had no flow or something like that, then they would tell me, you know, you need to fix it. You need to rewrite it. You need to do this. You need to do that. What about the changing this? What about changing that? They legitimately liked it. Um, and they were my two biggest critics for my book too. So I sent that in and I got the email back saying, you know, your story is going to be in the magazine. And by the way, we enjoyed it so much that it's going to be featured article. Woo. Yay me. <laughs> and there I was all of a sudden out in the public and people were reading my stuff. And that first story was such a hit. I actually ended up winning member of the month with that story. So that kind of sets the bar a little high for you when you, when you win member of the month on your very first story. Um, I haven't won it since because not because I haven't been trying, but the caliber of the stories coming in are absolutely incredible. And I don't think I'm at the level of some of our writers. Some of our writers are just blows my mind. Um, all of them, all the writers blow my mind, to be honest. And I don't have a particular favorite it kind of changes month to month. It's like, I'll read this person's story. And then the next month I'll be like, oh, hey, he's got something new or she's got something. Oh my God, I really like that one. I, I like the story. I don't have a particular author that um, I like unless I'm reading books of another genre. And then, you know, I'm all about Laurel K. Hamilton. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Anyway, but it inspired me to continue writing and continue putting my stories out there and continue putting my poetry in the magazine. And I now have my first book published and there's talks of a second contract for a story that I was approached by a separate publisher from the one that published my book to write a story for an anthology he's putting together. Again, you know, mind blown. All because of what he was reading on the magazine. I hadn't written anything on the website in this genre. All of the stories that I've written on the website have been in fantasy. Um, I hadn't written anything in the genre he was looking for. So I had to sit down and, and create an entire 5,000 word story in a genre that I wasn't already writing in. It's not like I could just pluck a short story or this publisher came and said, Hey, can I use this story in my anthology? I had to completely write a brand new story for him. Sent it off. He's like, awesome. Thanks. Okay. So I guess he liked it. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing can happen by just putting your stuff out there. And the world of myth magazine at www.theworldofmyth.com it's possible. It can happen. It happened to me. And I'm just a little Canadian girl in a small town that, you know, okay, well, everybody here knows me, but not because of my writing. <laughs> I have big mouth. Um, and it's a small town. There's 17,000 people. You're pretty much guaranteed you've run into everybody at least twice. 
yeah, so the poetry section, I kind of got, you know, veered off onto a tangent there, didn't I? The poetry section covers all genres. I don't think poetry can be confined to a, groups of genres or to a single genre. You just write it and it's there and you go. And then we have an art gallery. So if you're a digital artist, if you're a painter, if you like to sketch with pencil, oil paints, send them in because the art is incredible and it's different. I mean, you may look at this beautiful digital art piece and think, wow, I can't even come close to something like that. And then you have something like um, Randall R. Lofgren and his Dead Men Tell No Tales. He did that with pencil and paper. And it's just as impactful and just as incredible, in my opinion anyway, as something that Clayton Barton has done, like Scarlet and Wonderworld, which is an incredible piece. And it's a digital piece. It's absolutely like he's drawn that digital. It's incredible. It's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then you've got something like Toxic Love by Boriana. I'm not going to butcher your last name, so I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I think it's Anna Nieva. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. And then you have Abraham by Christopher Harris, which is, again, totally different from what Boreana and Clayton have, and, and Randolph have submitted. They're all different. And then you have Out of Tears by Jody Perkins. Everything is different and unique and eye-catching and everything elicits an emotion of some sort. So we're not just a, a sci-fi magazine. We are a well-rounded, I would think, I would say, all-encompassing to a point. We don't, there are some things that we don't print, but there is another magazine for that. And that'll be later. (laughs) Um, But we do have a wide variety of genres. And then, you know, we have our review section that has book reviews, movie reviews, art reviews, game, video game reviews. And then in the review section is the commentary from the founder, David K. Montoya. And in case you haven't noticed, just because he is the founder of the world of myth and he is the publisher of the world of myth, he doesn't get any special treatment any more than I do being the managing editor or anybody else. Um, he probably gets treated a little harsher. <laughs> As the managing editor, I do not go easy on him, let me tell you. <laughs> Just so you know. But uh, this month, <laughs> there's Jason's review of AXL or Axel. There's the review of Delilah S. Dawson's Star Wars Phasma by Jim Small. He's a newcomer to the magazine. Welcome, Jim. There's Star Wars The Old Republic by Priceless. That's a video game review. The art review, David, this month, did a review of Banksy's Mobile Lover. Again, another incredible art piece. Totally different. And when you read the story behind that piece where he did it is just as important I believe as the piece itself Um, then you have his commentary and then you have interviews you go over and you check out and I mean this month there was an interview with it was a special kind of where are they are where are they now Um, and it was an interview with Mario E. Martinez who was part of the magazine a long time ago. Um, you'll have to read the interview to find out how. I know, but I'm not telling you. Go check it out. <laughs> so we do a lot of different things over at the magazine. Um, and we're changing and expanding and growing. 
and moving and shaking and doing all of those wonderful things that an online magazine can do. And we are the world of myth. And if anybody knows anything about mythology, it's always changing. It's always subject to interpretation. So there's really no set rules, if you think about it. Because you could take, say, Greek mythology. And you have all the characters in Greek mythology. And you have all the Greek mythology rules. But then you could go, well, I want to go look at Celtic mythology, or Roman mythology, or Egyptian mythology. And you can pick and choose which rules you want to use. See, I think the word mythology kind of gives us a freedom in, within the magazine to encompass a vast variety of things, of genres, of um, crossovers, of artwork and reviews and interviews and writing and yeah, a lot of things. So I highly recommend going and checking out www.theworldofmyth.com. February, so far as of the 4th, February's issue is shaping up to be another jam-packed, incredible issue. I spent all day Sunday going through submissions and reading and editing and um, letting as many people as I could, letting people know if they had been accepted or, you know, if they needed to change something in the story or if they needed to rework their story and resubmit. Um, and we're always open for resubmission. If your story is rejected the first time, and if, if I'm the one that is rejecting your story, I will give you the reason why. It won't be, nope, sorry, you're out. I will tell you why I've rejected your story. I will explain. And it's not that I'm rejecting it. I'm just saying, okay, hold on. I can't put this in the magazine as it is. And I will give you the reason why. Or I will give you suggestions on how to change it. It's your story. I'm not going to write it for you. I'm not going to rewrite it for you. I edit. That's all I do. I correct spelling. I, if you've missed a exclamation point or if you've, not an exclamation point, if you've missed a quotation on, um, my mind just went blank. Oh no. <sighs> Air quotes. <laughs> when, when you're, you're writing conversation and you have the, quotations at the beginning to indicate speech and you've missed them at the end. I'll put them in at the end. Um, I go and I put in the coding brackets around words that need to be italicized. That's something I want to throw out there. People, when you are writing something, if it is italicized and it's in the guidelines, please underline what you want italicized. And yes, last month I did miss one, a big one, and the author got a hold of me right away and said, hey, that part was supposed to be italicized. I went, oh my God, I am so sorry. Got a hold of our coder and went, hey, dude, this part needs to be italicized. Can you do that? He said, no problem. He fixed it. It was done. And it was back out the day the magazine came out. So if I do make a mistake, because I'm human and I see a lot of submissions. So I try my very, very best to not make mistakes. Um, I go over everything a few times, but again, I'm human. With human eyes that wear glasses and bifocals. So I will hopefully not make mistakes, but if I do, if I have made a mistake in your story or you notice something that's not right, please, please feel free. Say, hey, you, what happened here? And I will do my utmost best to see if it can be fixed. I will apologize profusely because I will feel absolutely horrible 
but I will do my best to, to fix it. And I do try and do my best every single month. I know I'm only in my second month um, to make sure that I don't make mistakes. And if I'm unsure of something in your story, the wording, the way it is, and I think it, you meant it to be worded a different way, I'm going to email you and say, okay, this sentence doesn't quite make sense. This word doesn't fit. Did you mean this word? I'm not just going to, you know, randomly change it on you. Unless you've made a mistake on a name. <laughs> and the person that that'll be coming out next month, they'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I digress. So yeah, go on over and, and check out www.theworldofmyth.com and every month now starting, um, well, starting today, I guess, um, the first podcast after the magazine comes out, the magazine comes out on the 24th, so it would be the first podcast after on the Monday, um, me and my new co-host, which I will tell you about that story in a minute, will be discussing all the stories and the artists and talking about the magazine and what's in the magazine and what to expect from the magazine and what you're going to see in the magazine and who's in the magazine and what the art is and what the, yeah, we're going to be talking about the magazine. So yeah, just a little shout out there to all our contributors. Um, if you want, you can start sharing the podcast because we are going to be talking about you. We are going to be um, talking about the member of the month. We are going to be talking about the featured article. We are going to be talking about who's got what stories in the magazine, who's submitted poetry and what it is, who's got artwork in the magazine, who the interview is, is done, you know, who, who the myth master um, destroyed. <laughs> no, <laughs> who the myth master interviewed and so forth. The, um, the first podcast every month after the, the, ish, the, blah, 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 blah. okay. It's late at night and my tongue's not just working right. So you have to bear with me. Anyway, share the podcast because you know, your name's going to be in there. You'll see. Um, so I think that's about all I have to say about the magazine. I managed to make it through my first month and I didn't get any death threats. Yay. <laughs> there was that one minor problem. Well, not really minor because it wasn't minor to the author. Um, there was that one issue and it was fixed that day. Done. Boom. Bang. Our coder who does, and they do, he does all the coding manually for the magazine. It's not a template where he just plunks the stories in and hits publish. He does all the HTML coding for the magazine which is why underlining the italics in your story is so important because when I'm drawn into a story, if I miss the italicized word, I'm not going to remember to put them little square brackets around it to tell the coder, hey dude, that needs to be italicized. But if you underline it, that kind of catches me and goes, hey, whoa, wait, that part's underlined. Oh, great, that needs brackets. And I do that. So I can't stress that enough. Just so you know. And if there's a lot of italicized words in your story and they're not underlined, I'm going to send the story back to you and I'm going to say, hey, go underline all those. I'm going to read the story and I'll edit the story and I'll let you know if it's going to be published. But it won't be published if the italicized words are not underlined. If I send it back to you and say, hey, especially if you've got like every fifth word is an italicized word. And they're not underlined. Underline those things. Just, it's real easy to do. I think it's Control-B. No, that's bold. Control-U. Type what you want to italicize. In italics. So Control-U, Control-I. Type away. Control-U, Control-I. Takes it off. And you can continue typing in normal type. Anyway, and that was your word lesson for today. <laughs> I've had that issue. I mean, most of the italicized words that I've come across have been underlined. 
Um, but there have been a few stories that haven't been. And when I've gone, when I've run through it again on the second read, I've got, oh, right, I missed that one because I was so drawn into the story that I was following the story and not following the structure of the words on the page. So anyway, so this was supposed to be the inaugural podcast with me and my new co-host. And we were working on it on Wednesday. I was off Wednesday, so we started, I think it was two or three my time, noon their time. And it was all set up. I am computer technologically illiterate. I can turn it on. I can find the programs I want to use. I can work the programs that I have on my computer like nobody's business. I can run Excel. I can run Word. I can run all the programs on my, except for Audacity, apparently I have a problem with that. I can run all the programs on my computer. But to figure out how to record a podcast on my computer, we'll see. Because I'm recording this one right now on a podcast program that I downloaded to my phone because I was originally video recording the podcast as a video and then running it through a video to mp3 converter to just pull the audio out then sending that to Dave. Hence why you don't always get a podcast from me every week because by the third or fourth hour of attempting to do this I gave up. Screw it. I can't put one out this week. I can't. I can't. Or it's going to be all curse words. And it's going to be one long beep. Well, no, you don't. He doesn't beat my curse words. So, but it would not be pretty. To say the very least. So anyway, we had some struggles. Um, my co-host would sit down and we would start chatting and just kind of getting comfortable with the back and forth flow and his headphones were cutting out and his mic was cutting out and I couldn't hear him. And then he couldn't hear me. And the person that had set up the entire podcast and all the equipment had had to run out. So we're sitting here going, well, what the hell do we do now? And then he came back and we thought he had fixed the situation. Um, so we started podcasting and we did a good 55 minutes of podcasting. I would say almost an hour of podcasting with my co-host. And when it went to production and editing, um, it had 14 minutes and 27 seconds and everything after that was unusable because it was there was cutting in and out. And, and the thing is, is I never stopped being able to hear him through the entire podcast. But somewhere between his headphones or my headphones and the computer, there was too much background noise. There was a lot of static and breaking up and cutting in and out. And he couldn't clean it up no matter what he tried. There was no way he could save it. So you're getting me again all by myself. And hopefully next week, it will be me and Randy. Yes, Randall R. Lofgren from Shooting Straight. You know him from Shooting Straight. You know him from his poetry and his artwork on www.theworldofmyth.com. Randy Mann himself will be my new co-host. And we had a lot of fun, too. We were laughing. We had some good shit, man. I tell you, it was good shit. Apparently, it wasn't shit that was meant for you because the little monsters that live in these things called computers went, nope, you're done. 14 minutes, 27 seconds, that's all you're allowed. And we can't put out a podcast that's only 14. Well, we could, but you wouldn't enjoy it because you wouldn't know what else it takes us. A few. It took us a bit to get going. So... 
hopefully in the near future, I'm hoping next Monday, it will be me and Randy you'll be listening to. But we'll see. Could be just me. Lying in my bed. Rambling away again. Talking in your ear. Yes, I am lying in my bed. I have two places that... Oh, God, next Monday, if it's just me, you're going to have to listen to me whine because that's the day before my birthday. And I'm going to be older. I'm not going to tell you how much older. I'm just going to tell you I'm going to be a year older. I don't like my... I've never liked my birthday. Ever. Never, ever, ever liked my birthday. Um, My boyfriends, when I was a teenager... Used to see my birthday as a cop-out for Valentine's Day. Ooh, I can go get her a heart-shaped box of chocolates and go, Happy birthday, happy Valentine's Day! When I turned 25, I told my mom all I wanted was a plain, round chocolate cake. That was it. I didn't want pink icing. I didn't want little pretty pink flowers. I didn't want little red hearts. And for one thing, just so you know, I hate those red cinnamon hearts. Absolutely hate them. I would, like, fling them at you with my slingshot. Hate them that much. Hate them. Loathe them. Anyway, all I wanted was just a plain chocolate cake for my 25th birthday. That's it. I was turning a quarter of a century. I was tired of the hearts and the flowers and the the pink and the red and all that crap. Plain chocolate cake. Now, you need to understand, there's 10 years difference between me and my sister and 12 between me and my brother. So when I was turning 25, my asshole sister was turning 15. And yes, I love my sister with all my heart. And I have called her my asshole sister before. And she admits that yes, she was being an asshole and she was doing it on purpose just to piss me off. My mom came into the kitchen and found my sister putting little red cinnamon hearts all over my nice round chocolate cake. Now, my mom knew I would completely, absolutely, and positively lose my shit. So she had my sister remove said cinnamon hearts and the icing surrounding said cinnamon hearts because then little fuckers melt and re-ice my chocolate cake. Now, that would have all been fine and well and good. I would have been quite happy on my 25th birthday if my sister, actually, I think it was my brother, who was 14, 13 at the time. And he was the baby of the family, the only boy. So he was spoiled rotten. We spoiled him rotten. He's a good kid. He grew up to be a good kid. He was always a good kid. Hung around with a bad crowd at one time. But he decided to tell me, Hey, do you know what sis did? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think I've forgiven her to it for that to this very day. I still mention it. She still laughs. I still glower. She giggles even more. But it's a loving animosity. <laughs> so yeah, Valentine's Day never been one of my favorite holidays. I don't, I love, I tell people I love them every day, all the time. Love my husband. I tell him, I love you, honey. Then I go to bed. He sleeps downstairs on the couch because he snores like a motherfucking bandsaw. And according to him, I flop like a di- like like a fish out of water. He's had bruises, black and blue bruises up and down the backs of his legs. He's had bruised ribs from my elbows Although I haven't told him I did those on purpose because he was snoring so loud. He was rattling the windows. But anyway, to save our marriage, he went and he sleeps downstairs and I sleep upstairs. I don't need him beside me when I'm sleeping. He doesn't need me beside him when he's sleeping. We're in the same house. We love each other. We've been together. It will be 19 years married this March. Over 25 years together. It was 25 years... New Year's Eve, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't need to share a bed. It's all good. But I completely forgot where I was going with this. Yeah, so I don't like my birthday. 
and I'm getting older. I really don't like my birthday. Mind you, last year, my birthday was really cool. I was granny sitting. That's what I call it. My grandmother is, she's 92. So last year she was 91. And, or she's 91. Sorry, she's 91. Last year she was 90. She has Alzheimer's and she's at the stage now. She's at the end stage of Alzheimer's. She can still swallow. She can still breathe. Um, she can't walk because she broke her leg, but she was still mobile. She could still feed herself, but if she dozed off for a minute and then woke up, she had been on the grandest adventures. Let me tell you, I know where I get my creativity from because listening to her talk when she wakes up from a nap, she's been down to the park. She was sitting on the bench in her nightgown enjoying the rain and she was talking to this person and talking to that person. And I'm looking at her going, lady, you never left the couch. Cool. Um, my mom was her primary caregiver. And my mom being a widow and living alone with my grandmother, who is also a widow, she needed a break. So I stayed with my grandmother for the month of February and my mom and my sister and my brother and my new baby nephew went to Florida for the month. I haven't spent my birthday with my mother in a long time because she hates winter, so she goes away. And I'm like, but Ma, my birthday's in February. And she looks at me and says, that's not my fault. Yes, it is. It kind of is. I didn't have a choice as to when I was going to be born. You stick around for Heather's, because um, my sister, because it's at the beginning of December. But you leave for mine, because I'm in February, and it's cold and horrible and snowing, and it's kind of your fault. I didn't choose the day I was going to be born. That would have been you. But anyway, I digress. So I'm granny sitting for the month of February. And my birthday rolls around and I'm with grandma. And she doesn't remember it was my birthday. Most days she barely remembered who I was. And I'm still not exactly sure if she remembers. She doesn't remember my name. She knows my face, sort of. But I look so much like my mom. And I say, hi, grandma. And she kind of acknowledges, okay, your relation to me in some sort. Her heart remembers her mind doesn't have a clue. So getting ready to have dinner with grandma and my husband and my daughter had planned to come over for dinner, which was great. You know, let's have a lovely dinner. My husband, my daughter, my grandmother and me. And I see this car pull in and I'm, oh, cool. My husband's here. So I'm watching them cross the front window. My mom had a bay, big bay window in her formal living room. <laughs> and I see my husband go by. And then I see my daughter-in-law and my son and my grandson and my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephews. They had planned this whole surprise dinner over at my mom and my grandmother's for me for my birthday. And as soon as I saw them all coming in the door, I completely burst into tears. I was a blubbering, bawling, yes, I have a heart somewhere in this cold demeanor. There is a heart. And I do cry from time to time. And I cried on that day. I bawled. I was so surprised and so touched that they did that for me. And it was great. And I still have the balloon from last year that says happy birthday to me and I got some really cool gifts I got um a new fishing tackle box it's a soft body and it's pink I don't like pink but I like this one because it's like a dark pink and it's mine and my husband won't use it because it's mine and it's pink <laughs> and I got some ice fishing equipment um the scoop to scoop the ice out of the hole ice fishing rods ice fishing lures line for ice fishing. Ice fishing rods are really cool. They're really, really short. They're little. They're little itty bitty. And they're great for the grandchildren <laughs> in the summertime because the grandchildren are itty bitty. So give them the itty bitty rod. But it was great. I had a fun time. I had a blast. Um, 
this year my birthday falls on a Tuesday? Tuesday. So I don't know what's going on this year. Probably nothing. Because my mom and my sister and my brother are down, moved down south. Um, it's a weekday. It's nothing special. Really, I'm just getting older. <laughs> okay, so I've wind up my birthday long enough. But anyway, so hopefully next Monday, um, not only will you hear me whine about the fact that it's the day before my birthday, I will have a co-host. And it will be Randy. And we will have figured out the headphone, why I can't hear him. I was writing down on little pieces of paper and holding them up because we Skype. So he can look at me and I can look at him. And I was holding up little pieces of paper that says, I can hear you. I can't hear you. And little smiley faces or little sad faces. And at one point I even wrote it backwards because I thought when you take a picture, when you're holding something, the words come out backwards. So I thought the words were coming out backwards on the, on the camera. So I wrote it backwards and they're looking at me like, what the hell does that say? Yes, I can write frontwards and I can print backwards. I am just talented that way. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? I haven't talked about anything weird and wonderful, but I have more important things to talk about. So I live in the Great White North, as I'm sure you've heard me bitch about it a few times over the podcasts. I live in Canada. I live in Ontario and I live in what they classify as Southern Ontario, but I am the Northern part of Southern Ontario and I live in the snow belt. But I'm pretty sure I'm the buckle of that snow belt. And the town that I live in is the snow globe on the buckle of the snow belt. We had over 70 centimeters of snow, which in inches is, let me tell you, because I'm Canadian, so it takes me a minute is 27 inches. And how many feet is 27 inches? Well, let's see. That is two and a half feet. Two and a half feet of snow. In 48 hours, over two and a half feet of snow in 48 hours, not even 48 hours, it was complete shutdown. I mean, we, we limped along doing the best we could in town, um, until the plows gave up. And they just pulled the plows off the road. They pulled the buses off the road. The cabs went, fuck it. They pulled themselves off the road. And then you could see people starting to panic. Okay. Um, they pulled the plows off the road until the storm lessens because it's too dangerous for the plows. Now, these aren't just pickup trucks with a blade on the front. These trucks are the size of an oversized dump truck and they have this great big huge blade on the front that usually goes from one side of the lane to the very edge of the shoulder far edge of the shoulder to clear the lane the street of snow and they have a big bucket on the back just like a dump truck full of dirt, of sand. And then they have another compartment within that bucket full of salt. See, our roads are not only plowed, they're also sanded. And depending, like tonight they'll be out salting because today we're having rain. So once it it dips down below to where the rain stops and turns to snow, Everything's going to freeze like a skating rink. So they get out there with the salt truck, with the salter, put the salt down, and that melts the ice. Then they, and makes little, little, you ever sprinkle ice onto a, uh, ice, er, sprinkle salt onto an ice cube? And it gets all these little divots. Well, that happens to the roads, the snow and ice on the roads. 
Because up here in the wintertime, we play the game, whose lane is it anyway? Because the entire road is completely snow covered. It may be scraped flat, but it's still white and you can't see the lines on the road. You can't even see the road. It's white. So you have to kind of guess where your side of the road is and the shoulder. Anyway, so you sprinkle salt onto an ice cube and you get these little divots. So when they sprinkle salt onto the roads, onto the ice on the roads, you get these little divots. And then they come along with the sand and they throw sand over everything. So the sand gets into all these little divots. So then you have traction and then we can drive. And then as the salt works its way down, it turns all that ice and snow and everything on the road into slush. And it mixes with the sand. And then it starts to look like brown sugar. But it's as slippery as butter. It's like brown sugar mixed with butter. And you can't walk on it because you slide. You can't drive on it because you slide. So then they come along with the plow again. And they scrape all that up. And where I live, I have a huge ass parking lot right next door. Because this parking lot serves the park the rec center where the ice rinks are and the basketball games are and you know it's a recreation center and the ymca and the curling arena so it's a big ass freaking parking lot this week every parking lot in town the centers of the streets in town all had snowbanks all of them the parking lots had snow mountains. And you think, I am not kidding. These things were 30 feet tall. They had nowhere to dump the snow. Once they'd cleared the roads, they'd nowhere to push it to. So they would push it into the parking lots. So yeah, snow mountain. I tell you, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, I drove to work and my boss went, nope, go home. So I turned around and I drove home. Thankfully, I only worked two blocks from work. I only lived two blocks from work because <laughs> there was nothing going on and I was not doing, I had deliveries that had to be done out of town and that was not happening. So I came home and the only way to get around town was by snowmobile or skidoo, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. People, that's how people were getting around. Gas stations ran out of gas. We had a few gas stations run out of gas because people were buying as much gas as they could to keep their snow plows running so that they could clear their driveways. I have a eight foot snowbank at the end of my driveway. I drive a little Fiat Sport. I am taller than this car and I am only five foot three. So I don't drive into my driveway anymore. I back in. Because backing out was a little dangerous when you have an eight-foot snowbank you can't see. And you're in a four-foot car. So I drive out now. And I can just kind of get my nose out and I can peek and I can look and I can see and go, mm, okay, I can go now with those eight-foot snowbanks on either side of me. Because if I can't see the other cars coming and because I'm such a little tiny car, they can't see me either. So that's how that works. Anyway, I have been now talking for 58 minutes, which I'm sure it's probably going to be a little bit shorter because Dave's going to edit out all my ums. I'm sure he will. <laughs> I hope he does because I say um an awful lot. But uh, yeah, so check out www.theworldofmyth.com and don't be afraid to submit something. Even if you think it's not going to fit with the magazine, you'd be surprised. So get your stuff in there. Check us out. Listen to the podcast. If you've sent something in, make sure you listen to the podcast after the magazine comes out because we're going to be talking about you. We're going to mention your name. We're going to talk about your story or your poetry or your artwork. Whatever. Check us out. Go over and check out our Facebook page. Check us out on Twitter at uh, The World of Myth on Twitter. And we are also The World of Myth Bits. T-W-O-M-B-P on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter, at Lupa B. You can find me on Facebook, Stephanie Barty. I have a friends page. You can friend me if you want. Then go over to my fan page and follow me there. And I, I post different things on both pages. So 
You can find me on Instagram, Stephanie Barty Author. Give me a follow. Check out, you can see some of the pictures of the town lately into snow. If you live in a place where you don't get snow, trust me, I will show you snow. So that is it for this week. It's been great. Non away in your ear. And again, I'm apologizing for next week because I will be a whiny bitch. See you on the flip side. The world of myth, bitch.